Hey everybody, thanks for tuning into this episode. Just real quick, right off the top, I want to uh, address something. Uh, about an hour and 20 minutes or so into this episode, uh, you may notice a kind of abrupt transition from topic to topic. Uh, reason being, we got into a pretty lengthy discussion about the uh, 2018 Team Canada World Juniors uh, case, and we as a group decided uh, that it would be prudent to release that as a separate episode. Uh, so just wanted to let you know about that. I did my best to kind of make that edit flow, uh, but if it doesn't, that is why. We're going to release that discussion as kind of a bonus episode, uh, so feel free to look out for that and listen as well. Uh, and with that said, thank you all for listening, and let's get on to the episode. Welcome to Panther Pori, the podcast where we're supposed to talk Panthers hockey, but sometimes we don't. Presented by Florida Hockey Now. Here are your hosts, Jacob Langsom, Alex Lopez, and T.J. Peterson. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Panther Puria. I'm your host, Jacob Langsam. Here with me, as always, is my co-host, T.J. Peterson. Hopefully, Alex will be joining us uh, shortly, but he is not here to start due to his fatherly duties. Uh, it's uh, the All-Star break, folks, or rather, it's the end of the All-Star break, the NHL has resumed its regular run of play. The Panthers have yet to play, uh, but that will happen in short order. We just wanted to take a quick look at where things sit at this traditional uh, demarcation point of the season that is the All-Star break. The Panthers, with a remarkable season to this point, we've talked about it time and time again, uh, currently sitting second place in the Atlantic Division second place in the Eastern Conference, uh, and fourth place in the entire NHL, at least by total points, not not by points percentage. Uh, but if you adjust for divisional difficulty, I think the Jets' point percentage may be a little inflated, uh, which is the only one that is below the Panthers in points and above them in points percentage. Really, really strong season, 31 wins out of 49 games. Uh, I think that comes pretty close to leading the league. Yeah, it's tied with Boston uh, for third in wins uh, in the league. They also have 26 regulation wins, which is good for fourth place in the league behind Vancouver, Colorado, and Winnipeg, and ahead of the Bruins. Uh, and all the all the stats back it up. I mean, second in the league in Corsi 4 percentage, uh, third in the league in expected goals for percentage. Fourth in the league in goals for percentage. I mean, all all their all their underlying numbers really back up the success so far this season, which is really promising going down the stretch. Not a flash in the pan kind of season like fifteen sixteen. This is this is a good season on the back of a very strong team. Yes. And this wasn't a season that we really could have expected when the when it began. I mean, we were thinking uh, it's about... a season that you didn't expect when it began. Oh, you expected them to be fourth place in the league at this point in the year. I expected them to be second in the division. But this is different. We're talking about them being amongst the cream of the crop elite teams where I I definitely remember us kind of all agreeing that if it looked like they were they were in a playoff spot at around this point in the season, that we'd be Super happy with that. Okay, I'll I have, have to go back and finishing listen. Finishing second in the division. Okay, but that's finishing. Remember, we're at the All Star break. 
Yeah. And a much more substantial part of the season thus far than it will be the case when 82 are pl- have been played. TJ. Has at this point, listen, listen. <laughs> There's been a big chunk of the season so far, and that chunk will get much smaller as we go along that has been played without Montour and Ekblad. That's what I'm saying. Sure. So without them, they not only survived, they thrived. We've talked about this before, but this was not at all a given when the season started. So like, look at us, look at us. Who would have thought? Not me. Me. Okay. Go, go back to our season preview. I will. Like, I. <laughs> this is not surprising to me. I had them second in the division. Therefore, it is not surprising that they are currently second in the division. And I even remember saying something to the effect of, this could shake out in a way where it might not be that tough to survive without Montour and Ekblad. I mean, it, it has, but again, like I'm not really sure what you can look at from last season to say the, to you that this was expected them to be this stingy defensive team without Ekblad and Montour. That I will give you. We've, and yes, we have talked about that as well earlier in the season. We expected, or at least what I expected out of the first part of the season, or maybe even all of it, but definitely the the early part was a bit of outscoring their problems. It isn't surprising to me that they are where they are. What is a little bit more surprising is how they are where they are. I thought it was going to be on the back of substantial offensive numbers, and like middling defensive numbers, uh, it is not that. It is tremendous defensive success and also really good offense. And a, a what remarkably impressive, uh, I guess maybe not remarkably impressive, but I will say special teams, which has traditionally been a weak point for the Panthers when they are otherwise good at five on five, special teams have been pretty solid this season. PK has been very successful, generally speaking, thanks to a one Mr. Sam Reinhardt. The power play has been scoring at a remarkable clip. Sam Reinhardt, Sam Reinhardt alone has more power play goals than like a bunch of teams. One of them is the Pittsburgh Penguins, which has Crosby, Malkin, Latang, Eric Carlson, Ricard Raquel, Jake Gensel. He's outscored all those players on the power play and the team that all of those players are on. Yeah. Also Chicago, I think, and maybe one more, but he's already set the franchise record for power play goals. Did you just say that? I, I did know. not. I was about to, I was thinking it. <laughs> I read your mind. That's why you I did. <laughs> yeah. Sam Reinhardt broke Pavel Bure's record for power play goals in a season. Uh, and we still have 30 games left to play. More but surely he's sacrificing something on the defensive end to do all the scores. TJ, you might be remarkably surprised to hear that his defensive results have also been phenomenal. And that's why he's called Sam Reinhardt. Ooh, I like it. Let's get it going. Hashtag uh, Sam Ryan, capital H-A-R-T. Correct. Boys, girls, and others, that's what we're doing. I want to take a quick look just to confirm something. I believe Sam Reinhart currently sitting second in the league in, in goals, only behind Austin Matthews, uh, and only three goals behind Austin Matthews. Uh, 
So one one more hat trick, and we got ourselves a tie for the Rocket Richard. Reinhardt has more goals than Pasternak, Kucherov, McKinnon. I mean, it's, it's a remarkable season. It's just true. I he mean, I guess so. He has more Gretzky. goals this season. It's it's really amazing. Sam Reinhardt has more goals this season than the combination of Wayne Gretzky, Mario Lemieux, Gordy Halley. He's outscoring all of them this season. It's remarkable. It's truly remarkable. There's no I way think to they need describe... to rename the Rocket Richard after him at this point. Even <laughs> if he more... doesn't win it this year. <laughs> He's got more goals than Richard. There's no question about it. He's got more goals than Mike Bossy, more goals. I mean, I, you know what? This isn't even a joke. He has more goals than Alex Ovechkin. <laughs> he has seven times as many goals as Alex Ovechkin. Ovechkin's still sitting in single digits this far into the season. I actually, I said that assuming that Ovechkin still has four goals. I actually don't know how many. No, I, I, last I checked, he had nine. Oh, okay. And well, he definitely was... doesn't have seven times as many as that. No, that would be remarkable. Although it is worth noting that Reinhardt is very much on pace. At this point, it would have to be a monumental collapse for Sam Reinhardt to not set the Panthers' single-season goals record. Which like, is there, there would have to be a collapse. I think it's uh, Pavel Bure's 60, right? Oh, I don't think he would need to collapse. I mean, from th- from this point, it would have to be a 40-goal pace, which is not a collapse. He has 37, and the Panthers have – where did my standings go? The Panthers have 33 games. Uh, yeah, I guess you're right, actually. Unfortunately, I am. He, well, no, he needs twenty. He needs 23 goals uh-huh. in 37 games. That's better or than 33 a 40-goal pace. 23 goals in 33 games. That's, that's like a 40 – that's like a 50-goal pace on its own. 20 – he needs 23 divided by 33. <laughs> he needs to score 0.696969969 goals per game. Unbelievable. Um, <laughs> that might be better than a 50 goal pace, actually. Uh, it's a 57 goal pace. I take oh, so it back. No he would not need a monumental collapse uh, in order to in order to not break the single season goals record, uh, which is. Too bad. I was hoping that that... I mean, he should cakewalk to 50 goals. I think but, so. Yeah, he yeah, only needs there's... 13 goals in the rest of the season. Although we are talking about Sam Reinhardt here. He's boomer bust a little bit. Uh, remember the beginning I of mean, last season, for example. Yeah, I guess. But once he came online last season, he scored at... He scored at this pace, basically. Yeah, he didn't score for the first nine or ten games, but once that first goal went in, he basically scored at the pace at which he is currently scoring. Disagree. Disagree. There's not a disagreement to be had. It's basic statistics. There's no way, because I know Sam Reinhardt started the season very, very slow. Right. But he's at like a 70-goal pace right now. He did not have... A 70-goal pace in the last 70 games last season. I, I mean, from the game he started scoring onwards last what, season. What, what game Not was considering that? all 82. Well, I'm, I'm checking the game log because there's no way he was on a 70-goal pace from when he scored goal one last season to the end of the year. Because essentially his first goal would have had to have been like game 25 or something 
He's and currently on an he's currently on a sixty one goal pace. Six. I could have sworn. Really? I thought it was like thirty seven and forty nine. All right. So six thirty seven. So he would have had to have thirties. Oh, I I don't think. I so. only remember because I started tweeting about it every time he scored a goal last season. Oh yeah, I mean, all three of us were on this that uh, Sam Reinhardt was a very good player and he was just having horrendous shooting luck to uh, to begin last season, just like uh, Matthew Kachuk had horrible shooting luck to begin last season. And anyone who was semi intelligent knew that you know that bad shooting luck was not going to continue. And lo and behold, guess what? Sam Reinhardt is having had a great second half last year, is having a great year this year. Now, I think he's shooting well above his talent level because I don't think he's a 60-goal player. And Matthew Kachuk is, you know, reverting, you know, regressing to the mean with his shooting, and he's probably going to end up around 80 to 90 points this year. Matthew Kachuk, I do want to point out about him that um, he is currently shooting at a career-low shooting percentage. Uh, and whenever we're talking about a player regressing to the mean in either direction, the first thing to change t- is typically the shooting percentage. He's currently scoring at an 8.8% rate. Uh, aside from his rookie year in which he had a 9.2, his next lowest shooting percentage is 10.6. So save for Kachuk's rookie season, he is currently scoring 2% below his next lowest single season shooting percentage. So, and ever since then, he's probably only learned to get closer to the net. That's true. Well, he's been, he's been the one setting up Reinhardt on the power play. Also, that's true. Bit of role reversal. Um, Sam Reinhardt also for the record uh, has never scored below 30 goals with the Panthers. So I think, Alex, you are right. I mean, I'm going to use the same logic. I don't remember, TJ, what conversation we had this with, uh, but you were saying something about, like, X player is not an X stat guy. And I said, yes, he is, because he did it. Um, I'm going to say the same yeah. to you, Alex. Sam Reinhardt could be a 60-goal player if he does it. He is that a would 60, make him a sixty goal, a sixty goal score. Yes, once. but does that right <laughs> once? But it's do you expect Sam Reinhardt to be a guy who scores sixty goals year in and year out? No, I do no, not. Of course not. <laughs> I anticipate he is going to be what he has been throughout most of his career, which is a thirty to thirty-five goal score. While we're talking shooting percentage, uh, Sam Reinhardt is currently shooting at twenty-seven point six percent, which is outrageously high. <laughs> Yeah, his next highest shooting percentage, it, it, like it was a big deal, like to 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 shoot two percent below your next lowest shooting percentage for Kachuk. That's a pretty significant margin. Yes, Sam Reinhardt shooting twenty seven point six percent this season. His next highest single season shooting percentage is nineteen point two. Eight, almost a nine percent difference he's he's generally a career like 15 percent shooter i would say um 15 16 maybe a little lower this season's probably skewing that a bit uh 
his career average is 15.3%. His career average with the Panthers is 18.5%. Which, um, for the record, crazy good. If, if that's a, a sustained shooter. percentage, yeah. And at, at this point, we're, see, we're, we're at a sample size where that could be a sustainable percentage. Again, this season definitely skewing that number. So to be conservative, I would probably say 16, 17% with the Panthers would be a more realistic expectation. But that's yeah. still really good. Um, just to finish my point, he had thirteen point seven percent shooting percentage last year. He did not score in the first 13, 12 games. He scored two goals in the thirteenth game, and then had thirty one for the season. So that's thirty one in sixty nine games. Nice, nice, yes, obligatory. Um, but that's good for about what a forty five goal pace. That's about a thirty seven goal pace. 37 goal pace. Right now he is on a yeah, 61 60, goal pace. 61. So like I said, he okay, did fair. not have There was he, a point at which his at which he was score at which he was scoring at like a 60 50 50 to 60 goal pace and then it slowed down a little bit. Yeah, he yeah, he certainly had a hot streak cuz Sam Reinhardt is a yeah. he is a consistent player, but when he gets hot, he gets red hot and scores like he's been scoring the first 49 games of the season. Yeah, Sam Reinhart, streaky player. It just so happens that this year the streak has been all season. Right. And it sucks that it's happening in a contract year where I okay, I don't think it does. It's also it's... no coincidence though. If you look at his last season in Buffalo before he signed his current contract, that was his best season in Buffalo. Yeah, but and that, that was, was on a trash team. But that was also the first year he got real responsibility. It was not his best season in Buffalo. Actually, I guess it was because he did what he did in 54 games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I made the. I was like, wait a minute. He was better the year before. Oh, right. This is 54, not 69 games. No, he, he had one other nice. 25 goal season, but it was in 82 games. Yeah. yeah Whereas his last year in Buffalo, he had 25 uh, goals in 54 games. Come on. Come on. But I, I also think that like if you're Bill Zito, you're looking at him and saying, hey, great job this year, but come on. <laughs> yeah, here's 9 to 9.4 million because we're not paying you more than Matthew Kachuk. Right. Uh, first of all, I think the number comes in below 9. I, I, I still really believe that. I think it. I think just because I'm being greedy, I think it comes in between 8.5 and 9. I would settle for 8.5. I, I, if it's I eight mean, and a half, I'm I would be happy goals. to just keep him in general because, again, like, yes, we love the goals and we understand, but while also understanding that he's shooting at an unrealistically high number, but also he's a really good two way five on five player. Like, he's still an exceptional player to have. He just happens to be scoring at an outlandish rate this year. He, I would allow Sam Reinhardt to sign a contract with an average annual value of $10 million and $1, just so we can say Sam Reinhardt, the, the Panthers' highest paid, highest Panther. paid forward. <laughs> oh, my God. No. Um, but, but, right. The, the existence of Sasha Barkov and Matthew Chuck is going to do a lot to mitigate that number. But also, all signs are pointing to Sam Reinhardt wanting to stay in Florida which would also mean that he understands the cap constraints of that. Oh, he, he told the, he told the media this at the all-star weekend. He says, Hey, we're, you know, we're not actively talking, but both sides want to get something done. Yeah. I want to stay. It's going to get done. And I there is the people, grain of salt bit of that where it's like, yeah, what else is he going to say? He's not going to talk about how much he would want to leave. You know what? El- Elias Pedersen 
while Vancouver is in their best season in a decade plus, is not saying those things. True. He is not saying. You know, I guess I guess the canned answer for I don't want to stay is we're focusing on the season. We'll see how it plays out or something like that. Yeah, I I don't want to talk contract during the season. We'll we'll talk about it after you know after the season is over. That's the canned answer. Yeah, that's true. Again, Elias Pettersson has the opportunity to be saying what Sam Reinhardt is saying, and he is no commenting the shit out of it. I think there is also something to be said for the Pettersson situation. Which I mean, I guess this kind of plays into your point that we we can take Sam Reinhardt, Sam Reinhardt at his word a little bit. Uh, that Pedersen has been on like it's been a rough ride for him with the Canucks. Yes, it's been pretty easy going for Sam Reinhardt with the Panthers. Like right. if you look at where this where this Panthers te- what this Panthers team has done since Sam Reinhardt has joined it. Yeah, three I playoff. Mean, we yeah we we have a President's Trophy. We have a Stanley Cup final appearance. He's yeah. been here for milestones for this team the whole time he was here, basically. Buffalo, who was you know top five in the lottery to winning the President's Trophy in the division and then going on a cup run. Never and, played a playoff game in Buffalo. Yeah. Never. <laughs> and, oh, my God. He, and, he didn't even play in the bubble playoffs. Yeah, Buffalo wasn't even close to that. No, they 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 actually were were close. They almost made that. I'm pretty oh. sure. By the way, Sam Reinhardt's playoff shooting percentage, uh, fourteen point seven in thirty one games, all with Florida. That's pretty reasonable for the playoffs. Um, by the way, you said he's one of the best two way players. I would say this year, this year alone, he is the best two way player in hockey, considering his point mm. total and how good he is defensively. Alex, you're you're gonna make Florida Panthers fans mad by saying that he's been better than Barkov this year, offensively. Offensively, he's been better offensively. He's been better on the power play. Well, hold on, let's see five on five numbers. Yeah, uh, let's let's. Jacob, you pull up Barkov. I'm, I'll pull up. I'm, well, I was gonna pull up the comparison on on evolving hockey. Yeah, let's see it. I can pull up the side by side wrap them. You got to pull up Erod too. I mean, it might be Erod. Who knows? Shut up. He's the, he's the one that drives the line. We all know that. I mean, I, I am willing to entertain this discussion, but I'm not without looking at data going to claim that Reinhardt has been better than Barkov five on five. Well, I mean, it's five on five and on the power play. We're not just saying five on five. I guess that's fair. Well, the comment I made was best two way player this year, which would imply five on five. Also true. And mm-hmm. most of Reinhardt's goals have been on the power play. So if we're looking at, 200 foot play yeah Barkov. actually you know what five on five this this might come as a bit of a surprise five on five barkov's been the better one offensively reinhardt's been better defensively doesn't surprise me surprises me a little bit i'm just not surprised by anything anymore nothing um barkov has seven goals 16 assists at five on five uh-huh. Reinhardt has 12 goals and 15 assists, five on five. Volkov so, has also been better at play driving things on the power play. The only place Reinhardt outpaces him is the goal scored. Well, yeah, because Reinhardt sits in the middle, lets Barkov and Kachuk create magic, yeah. and then the puck ends up on his stick in the I'm, slot, uncovered, yes. and it somehow still works. And okay. I'm not going to give Reinhardt the title of best two-way player on the Panthers 
when most of his offensive success is generated from Barkov and Kachuk making magic. That's fine. Okay, I, then fine. I, Put I, someone else there. I'm sure they'll do just as well. I, 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 if I you to... swap Reinhardt and Kachuk's positions on the power play, what happens? I think that you have about a half as effective power play. Uh, that's no, probably no, no. true because Reinhardt's not the playmaker that Kachuk is. Oh, give me a break, no, Jake. I, I, Jesus. I'm, I'm going to make a different switch. What? How is that not a fair thing to say? It is, but Kachuk is also not going to be as effective in that spot because Reinhardt is the most effective in that spot of anybody that we've seen in like maybe NHL history. I mean, I I don't think that that is hyperbole to say that he's better in that spot receiving that pass than any player in NHL history. He has more goals than like half a dozen teams do on the power play. Yes, we, we talked about that before you got here. Uh, what about the bit where we never pretend that I'm not putting my kids to bed and dealing with all the bad <laughs> stuff? I mentioned I mean, it off the top. The kayfabe has been broken. Sorry, everybody. Uh, I forgot about a bit. Here, But here's the comparison I want to make. It's not switching uh, Kachuk and Reinhardt. For Hagee. For Hagee just sits on the left wing, like, eating a sandwich on the power play. Like, the puck <laughs> never goes to him. It's always <laughs> on the right side or behind the net. Tell me I'm wrong. They just need to wait like to until the defense sags away from him long enough that he has enough time to whip up that wrist shot and then just put it right in the top corner. They did run a play for Verhage. What was the last game they played? Islanders. God, I remember. They played after um, Reinhardt got his goal on the power play. They ran a play for Verhage and the shot came from the left wing. And I was kind of like, I didn't know we shot from there anymore. But seriously, ne- tomorrow night, watch the power player. Tomorrow or Wednesday night, whenever you guys are seeing this, uh, watch the Panthers on the power play. The puck never ends up on the left side unless it's like part of a zone entry or a shot from the right side misses the net and goes to Verhage. Like he never touches the puck on the power play anymore because it's just like, all right, we're going to run the same two plays for Reinhardt and they always work. Like it's going to dry up eventually, but for now it's just kind of fun to watch out. They have two plays on the power play and they just always work. I mean, look at Ovi in the left-hand circle up yeah. until he turned 47 years old. <laughs> it always worked too. You're, you're not wrong. It is kind of the same thing for this year for the Panthers. It's like it, they're not doing anything special. The plays they run, every single team in the NHL has them in their bag. It's a very basic yeah. power play setup. It's just... You know. I used to call it the Braden Point play, the one that Reinhardt always scores on. They yeah. always used to set up Braden Point to do the same thing in Tampa. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Oh, we're looking at uh, some hockey viz charts of Sam Reinhardt, and uh, he's good. The finishing I, this rate is not news has been to solid. Anybody. The finishing rate has been pretty solid this year. He could be doing a little bit better from far outside. It looks like uh, he is apparently he, he apparently has uh, roughly sixteen, seventeen goals scored above expected. But I yeah. mean, that's like his value this season is that his shooting talent has been exceptional. He's getting them off quickly. He's getting them off unencumbered. He's getting them off, and he's getting me off. God damn it, TJ! I. <laughs> Sitting here thinking, don't make a get off joke. Don't make a get off joke. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's the E rating. He's getting podcast. me off my seat. What E rating? He's getting me off my seat to cheer. That I didn't. I didn't finish my sentence. That's what I was saying. Fuck you. 
<laughs> okay. Um, so, want to pivot away from Reinhardt? We need to. Yes. Yeah, uh, opposing should. goalies. Um, so we've talked about Barkov. Point is, Barkov is still the Selkie favorite. You know what? Uh, let's just let's just go into it. So I texted you guys that I wanted to do like a five thought provoking questions this week, and I'll start with this one. I did, which I kind of just came work. up. Yeah, it's me okay. neither. It's okay. So guys. we're gonna go with TJ's five thought provoking. We're comments. gonna go to my first one first, and I guess that, that makes sense. It's going to be which player have we not sung the praises of enough this season? So all Breckman Larson, Gustav Forsling. Let's hear. Let's let me hear. I I, I tend I like to agree that we with both Alex said Swedish more. defenseman. I tend to agree with Alex more, but Jake, you said your answer first, and I want to hear your argument first. I mean, he's been very good, especially for the contract he has, and I don't think we've talked about him enough. I know I I brought him up as my biggest. Yeah, that part uh, we don't need to contest. Like, yeah, my my I brought him up as my my most pleasant surprise a couple of episodes ago. Uh, but I don't think we have talked about him quite enough this season. I'm I'm going with OEL. Sorry, real answer is Jonah Gadjevich. I, I have a brand to stick to. Okay, yeah, but you know, we won't hold you to that for uh legitimacy purposes. Um, I I'm... am serious. <laughs> okay, what do you mean legitimacy purposes? The guy with I think he might I don't give a points. shit. He's been extremely effective as a fourth line player, and my god, is it fun to watch him fight? I, I'm gonna change it. My answer uh-huh. from Gustav Forsling to just the team defense. Well, I guess you asked for a player. Yeah, so, I definitely asked for a player. So I'll leave it with Gustav Forsling with an honorable mention to Nico Mikola. Yeah. I feel I, like I, we've I, sung his praises quite a bit, though. We we have. Can you pull up his charts, Jacob? Whoa, yes. you should have sticked with Forsling. You should have stuck yeah. with Forsling. I did. I was going to say Forsling. Like, to me, we've to barely talked about Forsling this year, and he might be their best defenseman. And he might be like Jacob. Share top, screens easier. He might get a top ten nor. It might I be have. a top ten Nora season for for Forsling. And this actually will bring me into my second uh, uh, quote unquote provoking question. Yeah, he's he's having a good year. That yeah, Forsling. I I I've been kind of a Forsling skeptic, um, citing that. Well, I. Regardless of citing that, I hate watching him handle the puck in the Panthers zone. Um, I he treats it like a like a live grenade and is not good at breakout passes. And I will stick to that. My eyes tell me that he is not good at breakout passes. And frankly, this hockey vis chart kind of agrees. If you look at his spot when he's on the ice, it's where yeah. the red is. Yeah, that's the rest true. of the ice is blue. But that left circle... That's like the turnover spot, too. That's not like the you're sagging too far away from the defense yeah. spot. Yeah. So I, I I hate watching him handle the puck uh, in his own end. But outside of that, my feeling about Gus Forsling has always been he's a good skater who's pretty average at everything else. And that's not a bad thing, for the record. Yeah, that's... PJ and I were actually just talking... I mean, earlier today about how being an average NHL player, like it, it feels like it has this negative connotation, but being an average NHL player, most players are average. That's how bell curves work. Yeah. It's not a bad thing to be an average player. Every team is going to have a bunch of them. Honestly, most players aren't average because 
only about yeah i guess like, that's true only about like 66 percent of them are even like within average standard deviation so like yeah. a third of the league is is I'll say significantly worse than average, not to mean that they like cannot hold the candle to average and average is pummeling them every single time that's a matchup. But like you notice a significant chunk of the league is below average. Yes. An average player is making like five million a year. Well, actually, these are the top one percent of one percent of all players who have ever put on a pair of relative to so how dare you. Call yeah. someone below average, TJ. Where you, how many games have you played the in the NFL? Yeah. And the and the funny thing that is is what we're saying is really actually in service of your point that an average NHL player is very very good. Yeah. So that's not my forcing like being average points. or better at like almost everything is a is a major strength for him. By the what? way, Jake, what you were saying to me just now is almost verbatim what I told Colby a couple of years ago when we were talking at one of the preseason games. I was like, my Gustav Forsling scouting report is pro skating, con yeah. nothing. <laughs> so wait it, wait it. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. And like that makes him a good player. Yeah. Being being a good skater who's good enough at everything else makes you a good player. Being he leveled up this year, one though. one of the most important things you can be in the NHL. He, so, he's like, like, it's not a knock on Forsling. I just, I when I say I've been a Gus, a Gus Forsling skeptic, I really mean, like, relative to a lot of the rest of the Panthers fan base. Um, I don't consider him, generally speaking, a top-pairing defenseman. That's really what I mean. I think he's a really good second pair guy. This season, a- he has really proved me wrong, except I still can't stand watching him with the puck on his stick in the defensive zone. I think that's a fair assumption for how you've treated him. Or not a fair, a fair, a fair, the fair point on how you treat him. I think you agree that he's a good player, but he's not yes. a first pairing defensive. However, this year, I mean, he was a waiver first- pickup. Let's not forget that. He has been a first pairing defenseman this year. And yes. while you did point out the red, he is still a minus 3% XG per 60 individually, which is very good. His, it, he's not a shutdown guy, but it's still very good considering he is giving you above average offense. He was bad last season. The whole team was bad defensively last season, hence why I wanted to say my it's real number one. Offensively was their was their team defense like what they've done defensively this year is incredible at 5 on 5 they are this season has been Forsling's best best season of his career and it isn't particularly close no it is not so i will give him his his flowers but i still will cringe whenever he is handling the puck in the panthers end i don't necessarily disagree <laughs> Um, I also think you're going to get a pretty decent contract extension out of him. I don't and think it's going to cost that much. To the second thought-provoking question, of which Forsling might be an answer to. This is the question: Whose next contract should the Panthers be negotiating right now? I'm going to give my answer, not elaborate, and then I'll let you guys give your answers. My answer Ooh. is not Sam Reinhart. My answer, oh, yeah, of course not. Is not Gustav Forsling. Mm-hmm. TJ, I think my you and I might is, have the same answer. My answer is Brandon Montour. Never mind. Okay. I'm going to disagree with you. Okay, go ahead. 
I, I think, I mean, you get Reinhardt done to say you have it done. I mean, maybe you put it in your back pocket and like, look, he's agreeing to some. Let's say he's agreeing to somewhere between 8.5 and 9. And he tells you, look, if you need an extra couple hundred K AAV to help at on July 1st, I'll adjust. But I think they've got an idea where Sam Reinhardt's going to be. Gustav Forsling, I think, is the one you want to get done. Uh, Brandon Montour, to me, considering how poor of a season he's ha- is off- having offensively, and he's not really good defensively, and you don't you don't expect that out of him. Um, he is the guy you don't really go back go to until yeah uh, the end of the season, and it's like, hey, you know, we got we took care of, we took care of the guys we really need to have. We've got some money for you. Take it or leave it. Yeah, Montour Montour might be the odd man out. Um, yeah, my answer to this question is is Aaron Eckblad. I I think you have to start that conversation. He is eligible for extension on July first of twenty twenty four. He has one season remaining after this year. I like uh, it, but he's he's eligible for that extension, and I think you try and lock that in now uh, at a potentially discounted number because he hasn't been great i mean he's been good he hasn't put up the points you expect he hasn't put up the performances you expect and he's he's still he's still a reliable guy when he's healthy correct um i i think you try and lock that in at a somewhat discounted rate starting now i think if aaron ekblad is smart and his agent is smart they probably don't sign anything and try to use next season as a bounce back year where Maybe he can play a healthy season for once. Maybe he can wiggle his way into the Norris conversation or something because he, I mean, when he came into this league, he was, I mean, I I would be curious to see if there were odds uh, in 2014 about Aaron Ekblad winning a Norris at some point in his career. Like that was the reputation he came into the NHL with and he hasn't lived up to it. Basically his rookie year was like his best year. He won the Calder, and ever since then, he can't stay healthy. Uh, question. Define discounted rate. That's what I don't really know. Like, I don't think... If Ekblad you... comes in trying to get 10, I think you have to get rid of him. Okay, I so think, you're... you're yeah, like... I'm just trying to make sure I understand the conversation. So you're not saying discounted from his current contract. You're saying discounted from the market. Yes, Okay, uh, yeah, then I'm 100% agreeing with you. I think if you the, – again, the benchmark is $10 million. No right. one he, is getting he's not more. one of those upper echelon defensemen, I, unfortunately. I, I understand, but I'm just saying, like, they've established as a team, Barkov is the guy at $10 million. Like, unless I'm not even are, saying in, in relation to Barkov. Like, I, yes, I, when you put it that way, I agree. You can't pay Ekblad more than Barkov. But I mean in relation to other first-pairing right-handed defensemen. Right, like a like a like a Drew Doughty, or but I don't know. One, I don't know why Doughty's the only one coming to mind. I mean, but I mean, I I don't have cap friendly up as you're going to it, but I'm guessing the market for top pairing defensemen is somewhere between nine and eleven million dollars. Am I right? Right, somewhere around there. Yeah, Eric Carlson yeah. at eleven point five is number one. Dowdy is two. Charlie McAvoy at nine point five. Yeah, McAvoy got a big. I one. mean, yeah, if, if you're, oh, uh, good point. 
Uh, no, pending UFA. Well, I guess yeah. His the nine point five was an RFA, RFA number. Yeah, yeah that, that was his. Yeah, that was Adam after Fox his ELC. at nine point five. Also, right RFA. after his ELC. Yeah. Dougie so, yeah. Hamilton at nine. That was not an RFA deal. I don't believe. Correct. No, that so was that's a, a good UFA. comparable. Um, yeah, and I guess stylistically, comparable. that's not bad either. New so, team, uh, no, uh, state income. So, if we're talking about nine in New Jersey, Jacob Truba at eight, but also kind of at the old. Uh, old salary cap figure. I think we're looking at maybe eight and a half as an Ekblad number. If I'm, if I'm just totally guessing honestly, and I'd be fine with that. I would, li- I could live with it too, because where are you getting Aaron Ekblad's talent? Like You're not replace, like, look, all of the, st- all of the conversations we've had with Jack hand are ringing in my mind when we talk about Aaron Ekblad, but he is still like, He's, is he what he was drafted to be? No. No, not even close. But eh. he is still very good. He's not Nail Yakupov, you know. Hey, no, no, no. The, the, Ryan yeah. Nugent Hopkins. The term bust does not uh, apply. I'm sorry. I don't think Ryan Nugent Hopkins belongs in this conversation at the moment. As in he's better? <laughs> yeah. Than Ekblad? I wouldn't trade Not necessarily Ekblad than Ekblad. No, I'm not saying necessarily than Ekblad, but I, I wouldn't put him in... No, he's not in the Nail Yakupov conversation. Yeah, no, but, but in the pantheon of like first, first round overall, picks, yeah, yeah, first overall picks, Ekblad's been very good. No, he's not the surefire Hall of Famer we were hoping to get, but he's a top thirty defenseman in the NHL. You can't. I mean, look at the number two pick from that draft. It's not like that guy's doing it. Oh, wait a minute, he's got thirty-seven goals. Good thing he's also on the Panthers. <laughs> How about the fourth <laughs> overall pick? How's he doing? A little bit worse than Ekblad, uh, I would well, say. Well, I believe he's leading his team in Corsi 4 percentage, though. Oh. Sam Bennett's leading the team in Corsi 4 percentage? There's no way. There's, There's just no, no way, way, bro. There's no Players way. Players on ice. More filters. It's got to be Erod, bro. It's got to be I'm, Erod. I'm almost certain that it's still Bennett. Let's see. Well, he does play with Kachuk, so. Florida Panthers. I mean, I just saw Reinhardt at 59%. At five but, I mean, the five. team is very good. So, hey, there he is, sixty. Sam Bennett, number one, but number two, Aaron, Aaron Ekblad. Case closed. Give him all the money. <laughs> no, so all, right. all, all that to say that my my answer is you start having that conversation with Ekblad now, so you can get something done officially on July first. You try so, to lock him in below market value now. So this is basically the thinking that I had with Montour, and I'm gonna be pedantic by saying like that you have this conversation with him now because he's extension eligible now you've kind of already gone down the road with him a little bit like so you've discussed the parameters of what he wants an extension to look like how many years what kind of trade protection etc etc i would imagine because we've never heard anything from any of the guys on the team that leads me to believe that like the the guys that are like you know, critical to this group. So sorry, like Dmitry Kulikov, <laughs> sorry, like, you know, Kevin Stenland, but I'm not including those guys in here. Like the guys that are important to this group, all of them seem to be really bought into what it's trying to do as, as far yeah. as winning. And they like, you know, playing for this team and all that comes with living in this area you know, the coach and the where the practice facility is, all that stuff. 
So I'm just working under the assumption that he wants to stay. And given the way that the season has started for him, I kind of think that he might be in the back of his mind hitting the panic button a little bit about this upcoming extension. Because we're not talking about like an Ekblad here where he has that first overall pick draft pedigree. And even though we were just saying that like, you know, he never really became that like absolute stud that we were hoping he would. He has way more of a track record at the NHL level than Brandon Montour. I mean, we only really saw Brandon Montour do what we now think of him as capable of doing last season. The previous seasons in Florida what weren't even what we saw last season. They no. were good, but they were like, all right, you know, we got a second pairing offensive defenseman here. Yeah. Meanwhile, last year he dropped, what was it, like 70 points? Yeah, On a team doubled, that didn't really score his former that much. career high. Yeah, a, a team that didn't really even score that much. So, the like, prob- you, but you know, you have a guy that's capable of working in this system. And I didn't want to extend him before we saw what he was like coming back from the injury. But now I kind of feel like you're betting low. And I have a feeling that that's a bet that they're going to want to take. Not necessarily because I know it's going to be a winning one, but because I feel like the upside is what you want to bet to get when you're in your cup window. What are we expecting the cap to be next year? Like 87? I think, I think it's going to go up by four million. Yeah, so maybe four and a half, maybe eighty-seven. Like you said, I so, I, I think it might be eighty-six and a half, though. Well, it should already be on cap friendly. Already has it. So what is? Yeah, eighty-seven five. Oh wow! So it's going to go up five million. No, that's four. It's four million. This year's eighty-four and a half. Five. This year's eighty-three. Oh, oh this, this year's eighty-three cap five. Hit not okay. Yes, this year's cap is eighty-three five. Yeah, yes. the Panthers have a million, million, about a million and a quarter in open cap space right now at eighty-two million. My bad. Yeah, okay. so it's at eighty-three. They actually have um, three point two million right now. Come on, no other no. Whatever the deadline math is stupid. It is stupid. Um, uh, yeah, I get, but like at the same time, you don't want you don't want to run into issues. Like you don't want to not be able to re-sign Sam Reinhart because you bet too heavy on Brandon Montour. There, if Brandon Mont, the problem you with your logic, TJ, is you're thinking about it from the team point of view. From Brandon Montour's point of view, he wants to get paid like the guy who put up 70 points last year. And not if, if he Panthers, can't do it again. He's still th- he's still gonna think that someone's gonna want him and value him at that number one defenseman, 70 point, you know, offensive. On, he has eleven points this year. I don't disagree. I'm just saying the mindset of him is like, hey, you know, this year, you know, I had the torn labrum. It was a slow start. It was a slow year for me, but look at what I did when I was healthy two years ago. That's what he's going to want to go to on July 1st. And if that's the case, you let him Um, remember. Yeah. Yeah. If that's what he wants, then yes, you let him do it. But Montour should be smart enough to know that that's not who he is. You also have to remember, because, you know, Jacob, you opened the door to this. If you're talking about guys who are available for an extension, Sam Reinhart and Carter Verhage are also guys who are eligible for extensions on July 1st. True. Um, you mean Sam, Bennett? You mean Bennett? No, Sam Bennett and Carter Verhage are both. Yeah, you said Reinhardt. You said Reinhardt. Oh, excuse me, Sam Bennett. Wrong Sam. Um, <laughs> I know, it's confusing. Sam Bobrovsky also. <laughs> yeah, Sam Bobrovsky. <laughs> uh, but I kind of want to know what Verhage's number is going to be. That's a priority. That's, that's gonna, yeah, that's going to be a weird one. 
Sure is. That's that's definitely a seven one priority though. That's that's one that you want to get done real quick. You don't want you don't want what happened to Tampa that let Verhage fall into your lap to then happen to you. Yeah. I would much rather say goodbye to, to Brandon Montour this offseason than find yeah. out um that then, all of a sudden we're locked out of Verhage. Yeah. Though though Cap is expected to jump again, but like I I think you can do better than Brandon Montour with the kind of money he's, look, he's yes. probably looking for. That is correct. Carter Carter's an interesting one. Yeah, we we will see. I mean, this that's, is like yeah, that's going to be a really interesting negotiation because um, he's now about to be in his like third straight season of scoring forty goals. I, I don't think he scored forty two years ago. Contracts just because <laughs> because we're on the topic of contracts. Great, by the way, great mid season pod that we're talking about contracts and free agency and on July first. Oh, I mean, uh, we've been talking about it for like five well, minutes. Well, TJ asked the question. It's, it's like 15 at this point, TJ. Okay, so the uh, last well, thing on this then. Um, Spencer Knight. I, I We've kind of talked about it in the group chat, yeah. Um, Group text. He's kind of buried in the AHL right now. You got Stellars having a damn good season at 1.1 million. Bring back Alex Lyon. You you never should have let Alex Lyon walk. I do I, agree with that, even though Stolarz has been a capable replacement for sure. Yes, I agree. I have nothing against Stolarz, but I rather would have still had Alex Lyon, given that he's not getting that starting job that he presumably left to get. Well, he got the guaranteed money for two years, but Alex, well, go ahead. George was telling us they thought they were upgrading on Lyon to get bringing in Stolarz. Uh Either way, you've got Spencer Knight with a 4.5 cap hit playing in Charlotte. And yes, they're, you know, buried, so it's really 3.35. That's still a lot of money for a guy not playing on the NHL roster. Yeah. Yeah. You you have to decide. And he has not been outstanding in the AHL either. Yeah. He got pulled in the first period of a game. Although our buddy TJ Shalott mentioned that that really wasn't his fault well how long can it how many times can you say like oh you know this time i guess it wasn't his fault he's got a long leash and i don't know how much longer that should last it's the problem if if they didn't give him such a big extension you could just say all right you know keep working it out figure it out figure it out but that's three point three five million in cap that you could reallocate to a team that you can has get a, a chance better to win backup a goalie for that money. Well, you, you don't have a. Backup. I don't want to spend that money on goalie. Frankly, you don't have. A I'm not. I'm not saying right you should, but like, you can't be allocating fifteen million to your goalies next year. You just can't. Yeah. You um, cannot. It's like, and Stellars has been more than competent. Like he had the two bad games where you can honestly like. The Ducks game, he lost you, and there was one other game where he lost you just not playing well. But overall, he's been very good. Yeah. Yep. You and for one point one million dollars, you can't have three point three five million rotting away in Charlotte. You just can't. And the buyout is nothing because he's under twenty three years old, and this is the last year you could do it. You can buy him out, and it's literally a 750k cap hit. If this doesn't get turned around, and he doesn't 
finish the season like gangbusters, you have to consider it. Especially yeah, I mean, if you could. Do you, you have to buy them out though, or do you think there's any trade value there? Well, I mean, they're going to explore the trade market before they buy them out. But if if you were a team around the NHL, would you pay four point five million dollars for a goalie who is stuck in the minors and not putting up the best numbers? I probably would if I was Columbus. If I was, uh, what are some other teams that would okay. probably do this? Okay, but Ottawa maybe. All right, but, probably but not. No, I I think Ottawa believes in. Uh... What's his name? Uh, also doesn't have any cap space. Not a, yeah. not Anton Forsberg, the the young kid. Uh, Corpus Do they have a young kid? Don't they have? Ma, 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 ma. Well, it's Corpus, Corpus is the guy they just gave a bunch of money to. Mad they Sogard. Have a kid? Mad Sogard. Is he young? Isn't he? I don't know. Maybe he. I thought he was one of those anymore. third goalie types. No, he's twenty three. Sogard. Okay, so. They believe in Matt Sogard. Either way, has been bad. He's been bad in the few. Yeah, in the few NHL opportunities, and he plays for a fucking terrible team. Ottawa Senators. Um. Yeah. So good. They're better than the Panthers. Look. (laughs) But yeah, I, I like Spencer Knight. I really wanted to succeed, but yeah, that money is better allocated elsewhere, and you're and you're getting. Like he just doesn't look like your goalie of the future right now, and you can reallocate that money. Yeah, Anthony Stolar so, is sitting at eleventh uh, in the league in goals above replacement per sixty. Yeah, he's been good among goalies. Among goalies, yeah. So that's uh, that's good. Hey, look at who's tenth. Our old that's friend Chris, Chris Drieger. Alex Lyon at twenty, by the way. Uh, oh yeah, Stolar's, wow, we did upgrade. I guess. I guess so. Uh-huh. Uh Stolarz has the 30th best goal saved above expected with just shy of five in his 15 games, which is also really good. But he's worse than Martin Jones, so we got to get rid of him. Alex bad. Lyon is 16th on that list. Alex mm. Lyon is like my favorite player but in the league. Also age. in six more games. And it has it has something to do with his ability because I think he is a very good goalie. But man, it's really fun to root for Alex Lyon. Yeah, he's it's also like one of the most personable fan. players. Oh yeah, ever for sure. All right, <laughs> dude DJ. rules. That, I love that guy. More thought provoking questions. Okay, uh, real so, quick before we go to TJ's next thought provoking question because we were talking about contracts. What do you do with Anton Lundell? Are we just do we just bridge him? Yeah, yeah, he's getting the bridge one point five. Maybe I, I would think about yeah. like nega- negotiating with him now to see if you can get him at like four by four. No shot. He's worth that no, right now. no. I don't think you give Lundell four million. No, right no now. shot. No shot. Maybe, maybe you do the uh, the what's his name? The Nashville no, the Nashville player, uh, who signed, uh, was it Cali Yarncroke? Oh, yeah, the Cali Yarncroke. Yeah, they like signed for like eight years three. at like two million dollars yeah. or something. Two million million There's, a year for eight years. It was either him or it was Colton Sissons. It was one of the two. Yes, I think it was Sissons. Uh, I, Anton Lundell's agent would be absolutely idiotic to tell him to take that deal, but I think it was exactly, it was Colton Sissons who, who uh, signed, uh, signed with Nashville 
from 2019 to 2026 one two three four five seven years at 2.8 million dollars per yeah, year a 20 million dollar if you can lock lundell into years. that i think you fucking do it oh I'll try absolutely. to do that yeah yeah because <laughs> it, it, if he stays your you know a, a mediocre third line center is still only two point whatever million dollars but his agent would be absolutely stupid to let him i don't sign know that if team. he would be at this point and i i am so in lundell's corner i have so much patience for him but he refuses to be good at offense and defense at the same time. No, and argument. this season he hasn't really been great at either. Would, no, wouldn't he's basically Eddie Krontak on the contract that he signs at this point be like whatever the opposite of buyout proof is that you could basically get out from under it because of the under whatever. Well, no, because he's going to be 23 next year. So you only got one year to buy him out. Oh, okay. I thought it was at the time he signs the contract is what makes the buyout. It's, it's no, how old the player is. It's how old the player is. Okay. I want Lundell to be so good, so badly. He, oh, just, yeah. he just has, he so far has been unable to put it together and his ELC is finally like Lundell was the guy that I was kind of expecting to be that linchpin. Like of the second the unit. guy, the yeah. guy that you need. Well, uh, Every cup team, I guess not necessarily every cup winner, but like a lot of cup winners have that one guy on an ELC who's just playing way above his contract because it's an ELC. And I was expecting Lundell to be that guy. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. And uh, he isn't or hasn't been. I mean, he can still be that guy because, again, he's going to get bridged at like something small. He can still be that guy if he, you know, takes the next step. Um, but yeah, Anton Lindell, it's Patrick the, Kane won a cup on an ELC. The baby, the baby Barkov comparisons were premature, unfortunately. Yeah, yes. and, and I mean, I was saying that at the time because Barkov's like a top you were. 10 to 20 player in the NHL. Yeah. I don't think Anton Lindell's ever getting there. And when I say that, what I really mean is he's not. <laughs> we can say that definitively now, he's not going to be a top 20 player in the NHL. Yeah, probably not. Although I don't think I was ever like. When I said when I said baby Barkov, it wasn't he is going to become Barkov. It was more of a Barkov light than a baby Barkov. Baby yeah, Barkov yeah. just has a better ring to it. The straight to DVD version of Barkov. Exactly. Yeah. DreamWorks right. Barkov. Thought provoking <laughs> question that is also kind of Spencer Knight related is uh what do you do with the goaltending this for the rest of this season? And kind of a this is two thought-provoking questions in one. Although Who do you actually see. want to play in round one? And you know, thinking with that in mind, uh, how give many me games fucking do you Tampa. play? Give me how Tampa. We didn't get to go play? through them last year. Give me Tampa. So, let me preface this by saying I went through the last five years of regular season goalie starts, and there's only one player that is in the top five of a season, and then plays in the Stanley Cup final. It's the same player. He's done it three times, though. So you you know who we it all is know based who it on is. me. Yeah, He's I'm sorry, that. my brain did not process your question. Or the, the how, how many? So the so it's two tangentially related questions. Oh, are you are you talking about the Corey Perry curse? No, no. 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 I'm He's talking about, about how many who... games do you want to play Bob in for the rest of the season as a percentage oh, gotcha. of time that he's healthy, and who do you actually want to play in the first round? Because I would suggest that you do not want to roll the dice with who's going to be the second wild card. And you would just rather lock in the Leafs because I don't think the Leafs are as good as the Devils. 
I don't think the Leafs are as good as the Penguins. And I think that the difference between them and the Flyers or the Islanders is surprisingly small. I mean, we're talking about a team that's like struggled to break even in terms of shot share this year. They're like getting unbelievable seasons from guys like Nylander, Matthews. Marner hasn't been unbelievable, True. but he's been good. And the rest of the team around them has just completely fallen apart. And you really don't expect them to put it back together. I mean, we've got a, a defense core that... None of the young guys have really broken out. I mean, Timothy Liljegren looks like a good player, but he's not like he's not making up for the fact that TJ Brody's falling off. Jake Muzzin's gone. You know, uh, some of the other guys have been injured. Morgan Riley has been good, but like he's not a true number one defenseman. That's always been a problem for them in the postseason. He's also horrible defensively. Yeah, I think he's been better this season, though. Yeah, he's had a good year, but I mean, this is just not a good defense. And they they basically are the core four. You know, it's it's funny people joke about like, oh, the how do you expect to win when four guys are making this much money? Well, imagine if they weren't. Imagine if they had left. Oh, I take it back. My God comment knows. about Riley being better defensively this year than in previous years. He's been just as bad as ever. Yeah, look at those. Actually, those numbers are really rough. Wow. He's not having a good year. But I mean, I, I would suggest that the team as a whole, just they don't scare me. And New Jersey scares me. Pittsburgh scares me. To some extent, Philadelphia scares me. I mean, I Pittsburgh guess not scares anymore. You? Yes. Pittsburgh has better underlying numbers than the Panthers do. They're one of the very few teams in the league that do. Pittsburgh does not scare me. Sidney Crosby. Evgeny Malkin. Chris Letang. Eric Carlson. Jake Gensel. Combined age, 130. Chris Jari is having a very strong year. I believe in him. I'm not scared of the Penguins right so now. So basically, this is all to say that I would contend that Stolar should be the starter for the rest of the season because Bobrovsky has played... You know that's not going to happen. Because Bobrovsky has already played so many games. He's in the top five for games played, which we already have discussed that... In the last five years, nobody has played a Stanley Cup final game and been in the top five in starts for the season other than Andre Vasilevsky. He's got 36 games played. That's tied for third. He's also Only two guys ahead. No, I'm talking about Borowski. Oh, never mind. He's played 2,104 minutes. That's more minutes than Connor Hellebuck who we think of the Jets as kind of a one-man team. It's more games than Thatcher Demko. It's more games than Jordan Binnington. These are teams that are riding that one goalie that I just mentioned into the ground. Um, and, I, you know, based on what I'm saying, you don't really care how the rest of the season goes insofar as you do not collapse LA Kings style the way that they have yeah. in the last 20 games. Because you would almost rather play the Leafs than risk playing the devils or the penguins which we all agree that you wouldn't want to play the devils right um i don't i don't know they agree. they don't have a goalie and dougie hamilton well is this dead. is also something you could say about the leafs just I, I i guess that do we all agree that the the devils are scarier than the leafs at least ah uh, they uh, don't have an austin matthews 
They have Jack Hughes. They sure do. Who is not Austin Matthews? Yeah, because he's better. Uh, I don't I would, know if I, I believe would, that. I would They're take, both Americans. They're perfect. I would take Wall over anyone the the uh, oh. the Devils can put out and put in. Akira Schmid's done it in the postseason, though. Yeah, he's been terrible this year, and Shut I was off. a Akira Schmid <laughs> fan last year. Um, yeah, I, I think it's too early to be trying to talk about who who's your opponent's going to be because you never. Know. I don't think it is. Well, I'm just saying, like, you never know who's going to get hurt, who's going to come back, what trades are going to happen. What I will say is I do agree with you, TJ, in that load management needs to be something you consider. Um, And I say that in regard to especially Sergei Bobrovsky, but I also say in regard to Aaron Ekblad. I say it in regard to Sasha Barkov. I say it in regard to Oliver Ekman Larson. Now I'm not saying you you know you scratch these guys, uh, you know a la the uh, what the Avalanche used to do with Peter Forsberg, but like some of those games where you're on the second night of a back to back and you're down two goals, you know late in the second period, just still roll four lines. You don't need to be you know putting Aaron Ekblad out there 30 minutes. You don't need Barkov and Kachuk getting. 27 minutes on the second night of a back-to-back like you don't need every point right now I'm not saying you throw you give away games i'm just saying you need to manage the loads because you don't want bodies breaking down yes last year it worked out where they had to play balls to the wall from january on and they rode the hot streak but like how many times do we see teams like that just you know, keep pushing, keep pushing, and you see it more in the NFL. They get to the playoffs, and there is nothing left. Look at your Miami Dolphins. They had nothing left when they got to the playoffs because everyone was either hurt or banged up to hell. Why would you do the same thing as the Florida Panthers? Make sure your guys are healthy. Make sure they're rested so they don't feel like it's just like whatever I have left in the playoffs. It's no, I am healthy. I'm rested. I'm ready to go. Yeah, and even like going back to what I'm saying about the potential opponents, you asked a question like, why would you do that? Last year, the answer was evidently clear. Because if we don't, we're not going to make the playoffs. You can't say that this year. And I feel like most seasons, you could make an argument, well, that, well, if we did this, we would have a better chance of avoiding this team or that team in the postseason. And a team like, Winnipeg, for example, has a fantastic argument to do this because they're looking down the barrel of a Dallas or a Colorado if they don't finish first in the central. I'm I'm referring to in the first round. They probably got to play one of those teams in the second round. So maybe you can make an argument that like you're just delaying when you play this awesome team. Sure, I have I have a little bit of time for that argument, but like I I I think that it's fair to say that Toronto is not a class above the devils or the penguins. And I would probably not say, but I have more time for the argument that there are class above the, the flyers Islanders. Maybe there's another team that can make the playoffs. That I'm not mentioning here, but um, I, you know, I've said this for a little while, but I, I think that when you look at the evidence, there's only one guy that's been able to play as many games as Bobrovsky is on pace to play this year and then showed up in the playoffs. And one thing that really is sticking with me is how um, Jacob Markstrom performed in that playoff series against the Oilers in 2022. 
when the Flames got knocked off by that team that we thought was deeply flawed, that Oilers team, because he was because Markstrom was just awful. And he had played so many games. And then you go you go back and look at all the records and like this was also something that uh, Columbus people were saying about Bobrovsky because they needed to play him so many games to get into the playoffs. And then every playoffs, you wouldn't get that Vezina Bobrovsky. And people in Columbus were just scratching their heads like, why is he so different in the playoffs? And then when we saw what happened when he basically split all the starts with Spencer Knight last year. And, you know, Spencer Knight and Alex Lyon. Yeah. I'll, you got playoff or you got Vezina Bob in the playoffs. Go ahead. I'll, I'll leave my, you know, angling for a team comment at this or thoughts, excuse me. You do that at the end of like going into the last week of the season. And it's like, oh, hey, if we lose a couple of, let's just say going into the end of the season, Vasilevsky goes down again and you know he's not playing in the first round. And it's like, hey, we could lose our last couple of games and go from having to play Toronto, who is at full strength, to Tampa without Vasilevsky. All right, you know, we're call, we're calling up guys from, you know, we're going to call it load management and rest, but we're, we're calling up the Charlotte Checkers to, you know, finish out the string. And if we fall and end up playing, you know, playing Tampa instead of the Leafs, I'm okay with it. That's the only time to me where it says like, all right, let's ang. For right now, your goal should just be how do we make this team the healthiest and most prepared to go on a long run? And that is goal number one, not who your opponent is going to be. Yeah. I would just say like you're in a situation where there's not a lot of sacrifice to prioritizing that because I don't think there's a big gap between these potential first round opponents. No argument. Agreed. Moving on because this is going to be a three hour Jake, pod. What do you, what do you, what do you want to say? <laughs> you moving on. <laughs> Sorry. Now I forgot what I wanted to say. It was probably something like fuck Vasilevsky though. Um, He's washed. Oh, Vas- yeah, I, I don't know why. Yeah. TJ, I, I agree with the idea that Bob's start rate should go down, but the claim that Bob isn't going to be the starter or shouldn't be the starter going forward. You know, that's not going to happen. I do it's know it's not going to happen. But I think that that puts them in the best position to win in the playoffs. I, yeah, I mean, definitely go closer to 50-50 for the back half of the season. Because, um, yeah, you need a fresh Bob going into the playoffs. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, first round, I I, I really, really want to play Tampa. And to yeah. We already I beat Toronto too. in a playoff series. Give me, give me Tampa. We need some. We need. Yeah, some we got to beat Tampa. We need some retribution. I would love to try and exercise that team. In, yeah. In so it, Tampa, if you're listening, please catch Toronto. Uh, that's the easiest way. If for the us playoffs to get that. started right now, the Panthers would be playing Tampa. Well, that's not based on points percentage, though. Shut up. Vasilevsky, <laughs> so uh, by the way, rocking an eight ninety nine so far this season. Their defense sucks, though. He's been fine. I mean, he has no, a Vasilevsky great. Their defense sucks. Yeah, but also Vasi washed Tampa yeah. bad. Give me Tampa in the first round. Oh, Vasi's absolutely showing showing signs of age, and not age or overuse. I don't have any more thought provoking questions. So, does anybody want to raise the ones that they thought of in the meantime? <laughs> no, I didn't think of any. We were I busy could, talking. Yeah. 
I was busy working and raising two children. So you you, you guys don't just and think I about was what you're going to say Skyrim. next when you're not talking? No, I do this thing where I like <laughs> listen to people. I do that sometimes. Or, I'm better at that on the saying? podcast. I was thinking of what I was going to respond to this with. Ow. What were you saying? What I you had saying? some thought-provoking questions, and now I don't remember them. All right. Well, well hopefully we'll get back. I to had that. one thought-provoking question, but it had nothing to do with the Onyx product, and now I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Uh, let's do briefly All Star Game. I didn't watch the skills I competition. Also, I watched zero seconds of weekend hockey. I watched some of the All Star Game. the The thing that I watched the most of was the third or the I guess the end of the game comeback by Team McDavid in the first game. Uh, all I saw was clips. Uh huh. Um, Kucherov, what are you doing? Oh yeah, I, I guess I did <laughs> see that. Um, and, and and for everyone saying, oh, you know, he didn't want, like, I, I've seen the thing, like, oh, imagine being the the best at, you know, at your company and your reward is to have to go work while everyone is on vacation. I get all of that. I really do. That, that was a really funny tweet. That one tweet that was like, imagine being yeah. at the top of your field and your reward is a work conference in Toronto in February while all your friends get to go on vacation for the week. Which I, I understand. <laughs> However, they literally completely changed the skills competition to only put twelve people on the ice competing, which I actually liked. I thought was I a don't. great. I well, we didn't watch it, so who knows? Okay, here's the reason that I don't without having watched it at all. The NHL has made such a point to be like the All-Star game is about marketing the game. That's why we do this whole thing where we make sure we're choosing at least one player from every team, even if that doesn't make that doesn't mean that the best players are all going to be at the all-star game. So if you're going to do the all-star game with the mentality of a marketing event, because you're trying to show off a star from every team, then every team should be represented in the skills competition. I'm going to disagree with you. You're only wrong. Be- only because I went to the skills competition last year. Yeah, so did we. And holy shit, it was boring. I had fun. I had fun, but like it was so boring, especially when it was like, all right, fastest skater. And it's like, dude, you're not that fast. And you finish like four seconds slower than everybody it's like, else. Yeah, gr- good shit, Thomas. No, Pirtle, but that's that's know? my point, though. If If you're going to make the All-Star game about showing off players from every team then stick to that otherwise make the all-star game about having the best players again i think that there's been a lot of criticism leveled at the league for being focused on markets and you know people are only fans of their local team and they don't follow the league they the league doesn't promote its own players enough and especially in this age where you've got so many guys that you can say, well, this is like a game breaking talent that you got to watch on a nightly basis. When even like 10 years ago, Crosby was the best player in the game. And you, you couldn't really make a highlight reel that you could make for like a, a Bedard, honestly, already. And that's not to say that Bedard is better than Crosby today, because I don't believe that, but like Crosby wasn't the most exciting player. And now you've got Kucherov and Hughes, both Hughes, honestly, and Bedard. What do you mean both? There are three of them. Luke Hughes is not at this level. 
And I mean the list I could I could mention so many guys and not even get all the way through. I mean, you got Barkov in the shootout, you've got Matthews, who's got 40 goals at the all-star break. There's there's a lot more marketable talent in the league today than there was like 10 years ago. Shout out to that one promo picture that was trying to talk up Connor McDavid, but used a picture of Andrew Ference because it was an Oilers jersey with the C on it. Nice. <laughs> nice. Do you oh, guys remember legendary player. I don't remember that. I don't think I ever saw that. I want to see if I can find oh, it. Oh, now I remember what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but to to the you know, point I was trying, I'll, I'll respond to Jacob's point. If you're if you're saying, oh, every team should be represented, then you know what? Bring in the best players at each thing. Like Anthony DeClaire should be this in the speed skating competition every year because he is legitimately one of the fastest players in the NHL. Radko Gudis in game is has the hardest shot in the NHL. Yep. This season. Rad, and last season. Give me Radko Gudis' hardest shot. Like, maybe they don't do that because these guys don't want to be here. But, like, right, like give me why that. Not, why don't they want to be here? Because you're doing a bad job, you know? I mean, all-star events in general. Like, from 15 years ago to today these guys just don't want to do it. They want no part of it. They want their vacation. Like I I saw on TikTok the other day, someone showing highlights from like the 2004 NFL pro bowl. And I was like, Holy shit. This is like really good football. It was like a 55 47 game, but like they were chucking it all over the field. People were hit sticking each other. Like Ed Reed blocked a punt, returned it for a touchdown. Like I love Ed Reed. No Great fucking shit. Man. Like Ed Reed, so much Ray fun Lewis, to watch. Sean Taylor, like so fucking good. Man, the late Brian the Dawkins. late two thousands. Yeah, the late two thousands was a fucking mecca of safeties. Yeah. I think Dawkins was a little bit earlier, but that does not take They, away from they were all in the league at the same time. Palomalu, Dawkins, and Reed were in the NFL were in the NFL. Yeah, the same yeah. Time. Dawkins was a little bit older though. But overall, sure, but yeah. But you're, overall, you're right. My overall point was like the highlights alone from that game, I was just like, holy shit. I, I I don't remember this game, but, like, that was entertaining as shit. And now, like, the NFL is doing flag football, and I didn't watch a second of that, but I got good reviews. But, like, no one wants to participate in these things anymore. So at least they're trying things, bringing it back to the NHL and Kucherov. They reduced the skills competition to 12 players, and they said, hey, we want 12 guys Obviously, this was built by McDavid, but like we want 12 guys. We're going to try and show we're the most skilled player in the NHL, top prize of a million dollars. They took volunteers. Kucherov put his name in to go try and win a million dollars. And after one event, apparently said, fuck it. I don't give a shit. I'm not going to try. Like, who the fuck are you? Like, if you didn't, if you didn't want to do it, don't put your name in. I'll tell you what he is. He's a committed Leafs hater. (laughs) (laughs) I respect him for that. Yeah. But like, everyone's like, oh, you know, why should he try? And it's like, because it was 12 people. Give a shit. Yes. I I will give him this, that like, he made the, the, uh, the weekend a little bit more interesting because now there was a villain. Like he was playing the wrestling heel role, which like, was you, you kind of have to be Kucherov to do it? Like I don't think Jack Hughes could have pulled that off. Kucherov that's, can't. That's a good point. Brad Marchand could have pulled it off. 
You know, Matthew Kachuk could have pulled it off. Oh, he absolutely could have pulled it off. Plus the added bite of last year's playoffs. Yes. Well, I think if Matthew Kachuk had been in the All Star game, he would have just been the villain outright. That the problem is, yeah, Kachuk doesn't have it in him to to loaf like that. Like he just wouldn't have. That's that's not, true. That's it's not, not his, it's not his personality, right? Um, but again, like, and look, I'm not going to knock any of these players for you know that I don't even, I didn't even watch what happened on Saturday, but I'm assuming it was you know barely above shinny level, which is fine. But like, <laughs> you know, I don't I don't blame anyone at this point. Um, I will also, I think Sarah Valley pointed out, and it's kind of gone on unnoticed forever. One, Sidney Crosby never goes to the All Star Game. He's only gone six times in his in his NHL career. That's remarkable. He, he went last year, right? And the only he, reason he, he should went be is, on his 18th All Star Game. Well, he's been elected a bunch of times, but he always okay. finds some bullshit injury. Like at least Ovi just says, "Hey guys, I'm not going. To, I'll take my suspension." Uh, but Crosby always finds some like nonsense nick that allows him to skip it. But because it was in Toronto, they kind of told him, hey, you got to be here. However, I don't know if you guys noticed this. He did not show up to the draft on Thursday night. They had some kid in a Crosby jersey take his spot. And he, that's nice. that's kind of nice, though. <clears throat> what do you mean? How is that nice? Like that, everyone... that definitely made that kid's life up to this point. Oh, sure. But I'm talking like every other all-star went and did the media day, yeah. did the fan fest, did all the shit. Meanwhile, like apparently there's videos of Crosby skating on his own in Montana, like the night of the draft and got on a plane and showed up like 20 minutes before the skills competition. Like (laughs) that's baller shit right there. It is baller shit. But like if that had been any other player, you think the NHL is allowing that? No. You know, how does the NBA do it? How does the NBA make? I was going to say the NBA. Like, if you the watch NBA the NBA, does a the phenomenal event. job making their All Star game something that the players give a shit about. Yeah, absolutely. Even the players that aren't really even participating. If you watch like courtside at the skills, yeah, well, the players one, are in street clothes going wild. Well, one, they don't. They uh, they always put it in a fun city. Not always. Last year was in Utah. Well, okay, Utah's not a city, idiot. Last okay. year was in Salt Lake City. Yeah, but Salt Lake City's not a bad place to be. Salt Lake City is a pretty well, nice town, especially. I think in, most people would rather be Barry in Toronto Batman. than Salt Lake City. That's true. I would probably maybe not in February. I would. Re- well, I mean, Salt Lake City is also pretty cold. It's not Toronto. It's not Toronto. Then again, but... Toronto. Toronto is like deceptively far south. Yes. Either, either way, like the NA, the NBA All Star Game is usually like it rotates between like Houston, New Orleans, Vegas. And like another fun town, like the NBA is in Houston. What was the last like time Miami other... had one of those? Let's uh, let's they, work on that NBA. Come on. Uh, the the Miami Heat actually don't ever request to host the All Star Game because it coincides with um the yacht show, and there's just not enough. There's like there's no way to do both at one time because there's just too many demands on hotels. Like we did it one year, and apparently it was a massive shit show. But like back in the early '90s, and we've just never asked for it again. I actually know the answer to that. All right, well, then put it at FLA Live. No boat show is going to get in the way of that unless it's fan boats. Uh, yeah. Um, okay, enough for the All-Star game. Moving on. Uh, yeah, I actually do take it back. Toronto is further south than most of... Oh, wait, we were talking about Salt Lake City. Never mind. Salt Lake City is further south than Toronto. 
but most still, of Montana like, not... is further north than Toronto. Oh, okay. I guess we said Montana because of Crosby. Yeah. All right. Let's do like one minute or less of parade. One thing that I want to mention is uh, Taylor Swift announced a new album with a song on it called Florida with three oh. exclamation parts featuring Florence and the Machine. Thoughts, Alex? Um, this is Florence true, by the way. And this the is machine completely true. In this economy? This is completely true. I'm not making this up. How, how was Flo Rida not on this song is all I want to know. <laughs> you got the wrong flow. <laughs> and and two, ah. this has got to be the most ratchet song she's ever written, right? Not necessarily. If it's about Florida, like... I mean, 1989 had a lot of ratchet songs on it. But I mean, in terms of the content, like if you're if you're if you're if you're singing about Florida, like who knows? Maybe she's singing about Naples. <laughs> I was gonna say or, the, vi- or the villages. The zoos. <laughs> I was gonna say the villages, but they <laughs> the get villages up. Villages are pretty ratchet. Stuff. I don't know. I, that, yeah, yeah, that's true. That that was that was where I was going with the joke, guys. Um. Yeah, I we'll see. <laughs> I I want to ask. Here's my hurry thought provoking question. Um, so the release date of Taylor Swift's new album, hold on, let me find it. It's April 19th. That's what I thought. The release date of Taylor Swift's new album, which is ostensibly about, mostly about her British ex-boyfriend is April 19th. That happens to coincide with the first major battle of the revolutionary war was this an intentional decision or is this purely coincidence she just wanted to release it as close to 420 as possible i really want to believe that it's intentional i don't think that taylor swift dabbles in coincidence very much i think a lot of the business moves that she makes are done on purpose Hey, what business move is that? She has like 10 times the money that he does. And it fell publicity, though. That's I had never heard of Taylor Swift until she started dating. <laughs> oh, Kelsey. give me a break. <laughs> it's so cool that Taylor Swift's boyfriend gets to play in the big football game. Yeah. Um, well, one of the yeah, best I, things Taylor I... Swift does not do coincidence. One of the best things I saw when they first started dating was some influencer showing off her sequin travis custom travis kelsey jersey but she spelled it k-e-l-c-e-y nice and it's just like kelsey like the girl's yeah. name kelsey and it's like either your name is kelsey or like you were just proving every single stereotype right and it's unfortunate the, and it was the funniest thing um i've got Paris that i mean hopefully it doesn't take us too long to get through this but i saw this on well, TikTok. Alex, what, what's your answer to my thought-provoking question? What was the thought-provoking question? Is this a coincidence? Did, did Taylor Swift on intentionally schedule her album on the date, the anniversary of the first major battle of the Revolutionary War? British uh, absolutely ex-fiance. Not. Absolutely not. Okay. You don't, you don't think it's intentional? You think it's a coincidence? No, I don't think it's a coincidence. It's absolutely okay. intentional. Good. Oh, Thank okay. you. <laughs> um... All right, so I got some Pari here because I saw it on TikTok. So I'll let you guys do the guessing. Um, 10 most influential video games of all time. Is this the co-op 64 list? I don't know. This is from The Gamer. But is the channel co-op 64? Oh, I don't remember. I'm pretty sure I've seen the list you're talking about. 
DM Alex what the number one was. Alex, um, go ahead. I don't remember what it was. <laughs> okay, great. Nice. So, so it like, doesn't even I, matter. I, I'm going to vaguely remember the list. I mean, well, you'll know when whether or not your first guest is on it if you've seen this list before. Okay. I know Ocarina was on it. Yes. But but make the guess that you want to make. That what would you say is one of the most influential games of all time, Jacob? Um, I know Pong I was guess not something. on it. Okay, so I think you've seen this list. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, this this was the Co-op 64 podcast. Most influential um, game. Pokemon was I, not on it. There was no Pokemon game on it. Okay, list, so then you've seen insane. This. Absolutely insanity. Because I, I, Pokemon Red and Green were I've, pillars of the capture of the creature capture RPG genre. It completely changed video games forever. That game Pokemon. And I'm nowhere near it defined it defined a genre of gaming. Yeah, it absolutely did. Role playing game, you know, character progression, leveling up, like literally everything has followed that like even sports <laughs> games. You're a little wrong about that. I, I I specified the ca- the creature capture version of that intentionally because if okay. you're talking character progression leveling up rpg stuff i mean there's dragon quest that came before it there's the final fantasy games that came before yes. it yes however nothing grabbed the mainstream attention like pokemon did not in america yeah but america... Show is different than mainstream attention though yeah uh, i i, mean, I guess mario kart mario kart was not on the list Ooh, l what about Grand Theft Auto? Grand Theft Auto Three, GTA was on the Three, list. yeah, is on yeah. the list. Which yeah, was Miami. I, I, this is definitely from the podcast that that. Oh no! Yeah, I've, GTA I've seen Three this. was uh, New York. Okay. Um, GTA Four was Miami, I believe. Yeah, GTA Four, Miami. The next one's Miami. Oh, Sixty Four does a lot of these top tens. And next one is apparently the whole of state fun. of Florida, which is going to be very ratchet. Shout it's out to it's, Taylor it's, Swift. It's a like maybe that's what the song's about. Maybe Taylor Swift is really excited for GTA 6. I saw the map, and my house is some like industrial zone. Like, after you get out of like South Beach, it's just kind of like generalized areas. I can't wait to all Winwood prior to 2000. Yeah, I'm gonna Um, find our apartment and rob it. (laughs) So, okay, so so since you've seen it, uh, I mean, I'll just go through the list. 10 Ocarina of Time, I think we all agree deserves to be on the list. Nine higher. Nine Pac-Man, absolutely. By the way, Ocarina should be higher. I'm not a Legend of Zelda fan. Ocarina should yeah. be higher. Also, Link to the Past deserves to be on the list. Agreed as well. I mean, I would say it's better to do this like kind of like franchises rather than an ex- individual game. Uh Mortal Kombat, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Minecraft, I mean, that was that's I'm too old for Minecraft, but I don't I just don't see it. Um, I mean, if you're talking influential, influential, it like Minecraft defined a generation. It was the one after us, but it defined a generation. But if that's the that's the case, then where the hell is Pokemon, which has defined multiple generations? You could argue that Pokemon did not define our generation. There were a lot of other games. That I, I don't know our if there are any attention. games that Pokemon influenced that are as big as Roblox, which I find hard to believe wasn't influenced by Minecraft. Uh, I'm I'm gonna disagree just because. I mean, you saw with the Panthers, like the only Panther who didn't know anything about Pokemon was Matthew Kachuk, who's a hockey robot. That was so funny. It was so Weird, funny. Man. How does he not know any of that stuff? Jeez. Because he literally just like, at least recognize rank. a Pokeball. 
Like, did Brit- how, did, how are you born in the 90s and you don't recognize a Pokeball? Even tangentially. Six, Doom, the OG first-person shooter. Yeah. Um, Five, Dark Souls, which I can understand, but yeah, I've never played, it. Um, never played it. Yeah, I don't know. Four, GTA 3. Dark, three, Dark War- Souls also defined a genre of gaming. World of Warcraft, which I can understand. You know, totally fair. RPG, online multiplayer. Yep. Two Super Mario Brothers. Yes. Yeah, I, no, I knew I a know, I Super Mario game was on there. I was pretty sure it was the first one. Uh, no. I didn't remember exactly which one it was. Number one, Goldeneye? Number one, Tetris. Tetris? Yeah. Um, not Pong. Not Pong. Not Pong, Tetris. Te- which I can understand, Tetris, because like... I believe it, Tetris is the highest selling video game of all time. Well, yeah, because it literally came with every single Game Boy ever sold originally. Correct. So Wii Sports is catching up. Um, But... They here, did guess Wii Sports. I like on on. I saw that TikTok also, and Wii Sports was discussed. Uh, honestly, if because the Wii just had such a short shelf life, it was huge for a really short period of time. It just didn't have the staying power. But the Wii is, was and is so much fun. Uh, games I'm shocked up. Goldeneye, I believe, should be on there because it literally defined a generation Smash of Brothers was first-person there, right? shooters. It, it Smash was not. not being on there is more of a surprise than Goldeneye not being on there. I again, Goldeneye's like set the stage for the for FPS though. Exactly, I could see Goldeneye over Doom. We're kind that, of in the FPS age, right? Like those are the biggest games now. Yeah, right? Call of Duty wasn't there, isn't wasn't on there. I was surprised yeah. there wasn't a um, battle royale type game in there. Like Fortnite. Yeah, I, I'm I'm surprised that on the back of Minecraft being there that Fortnite wasn't. Yeah. Um. Another game I'm surprised was no Halo series because that revolutionized first person shooters. Up until Halo, you had a set amount of health, and you either had to find health packs or or, or armor or whatever to regenerate. Counter there Strike is... though kind of set the stage for the FPSs too. I would agree, but again, it wasn't hey, Counter Strike, guys. We got to stop saying set the stage. So many games set the stage for a genre of gaming. Like, well, you know, only really one or two realistically. Guitar can. Hero. Okay. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> that's a literal stage, though I'm talking yeah. about. For, well, but for that, for that genre of gaming, for rhythm gaming, which granted isn't as popular as other types of games, which is probably why it isn't on the list. Guitar Hero should probably be on there. TJ, is Jake's audio going to shit for you too? Yeah, let's just land the plane, though. We don't really have time to deal with this. Um, I I feel like nobody's going to listen to this segment. To be honest, it's, it's for me. The last thing I will again, Halo. It literally changed health in all first-person shooters. There is not a single game that goes, you have 100 health, and every hit you go down increments until you find more health or find armor or whatever. Every single game, you regenerate health outside of these Battle Royale-type games where you only get one life. Like It completely changed how first-person shooters are, so the fact that Halo was admitted. But then again, it is a list of 10. We've listed like 15 or so franchises, so some stuff had to get left off. Uh, yeah, it may be a biased opinion, but Pokemon is the biggest snub. Yeah, would agree. Uh, Jacob, because your mic is crap and we got to land the plane, I'm gonna do it. Uh, TJ, rate us or guys, rate us five stars on any video gaming website as Jacob gives me the finger, which I understand. No, only TJ can rate us this week. <laughs> I will rate us five stars um, on GTA. Because that's not a good thing. 
having nice, five stars nice, very nice. fast. Nice. <laughs> but yeah, uh, thanks for listening. If you made it through all two hours and 20 minutes of this podcast, Jesus. thank you. We'll probably could be a fucking bear to edit. Yeah. I'm sorry, Jake. Um, Good thing I have Skyrim to keep me busy speaking of influential games. Yeah, this is coming to come out tomorrow afternoon, no question. Yeah, talk about fucking games with staying power. Skyrim there came out 12 man. years ago. Uh, but yeah, guys, enjoy the second half of the season. As long as there's no LA Kings type collapse, this team is going to be in the playoffs again. Uh, we'll see who they pick up at the deadline. I doubt they're going to spend much in terms of assets because they just don't have them to spend. Anthony Duclair back. Yeah, He's I like the it. Perfect pickup. He's exactly like what we need. We're landing. Yeah, we'll talk more about trade deadline though in the coming weeks. Yeah, next time we have about a month before then. Yeah. Um, thanks for listening, guys. Sorry this was so long. We might cut it up into two parts. Until then, see you guys next time and go Panthers. Yeah.